Oh, oh, you're hello. 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 You were cutting oh, out. I'm I'm here. I promise. Are you here? Alexis. I am, I am Alexis? here. Alexis. Alexis. I, I can't hear you. You're so Are far you away. Are right now? I'm going to. I'm confused. <laughs> it's so dark. I can't. Oh, no, I can't I'm hear you. Um, <laughs> it's all. It's so dark. I can't hear. I can't see. Uh, hello, everyone else. Hello. <laughs> this is uh, Hysterical History. A broad perspective. My name is Alexis. Uh, and I'm Haley. I might be Haley. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you are. It's so dark in here. It's really hard to tell <laughs> who I am. Uh, and this is a podcast about hilarious history things and apparently being in dark spaces and being confused and then making <laughs> you question your existence. The, it, I think that's called the human existence. Oh, oh I guess. Existential crisis. Human existence. Feel free to click out, escape now from the podcast. <laughs> you can, but get out. If you're still get out here, now. thanks for being here. We love you're you. Great. You're a big star. And you're going to get that promotion at work. Or you're going to get an A in school. Or you're just going to succeed generally in life because you listen to this. Your friends are going to love you because you try. And because you told them about this podcast and it made their life better. You left a review and a comment. And it just made your whole world ten times better than you even thought it could be. Like you expanded the range of goodness in your life. Right. Like you had to get a new scale. <laughs> like it, it isn't even like cup half full, half empty. Like you got a pitcher. It's a trough now. <laughs> it's a trough now. <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> your li- your life trough is full. So it's your it's your life trough ru- with happiness. <laughs> your life trough runneth over. <laughs> Sorry, but all I can think about with troughs is like pigs, you know, and sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that's the opposite of what I want to think about. Anyway, <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast. It's about history. <laughs> yes. It's, it's about the way back and the funnies. Right. The way back funnies. That's what we should have called it. Dang it. So much catchier. The way sounds like a weird band. <laughs> I'm almost positive something is called The Way Back, and I don't know what it is. It's probably a really terrible radio station where they only play music from the 60s to the early 90s. Which is actually quite a, quite a long time ago now. Right. And it's not what you actually want to be listening to if you grew up in the 90s. You want the early 2000s music. So, I mean, for I, I actually do want to listen to that because that's kind of what I grew up listening yeah, to. Yeah, but you're an oldie old. <laughs> And you're from Alaska. That's my they're ten years behind on music always. No, I'm a nineties kid, but my childhood music was the (laughs) eighties. Right. And the seventies. Oh gosh. Anyway. What the hell are we talking about today? It's not music. (laughs) None of those things at all. Today we're gonna be talking about um the one and the only Sheila Patel or Ma Anand Patel. Or other names that she had that because she was married a lot. And she's cool because she's our first in our series of evil ladies. Yeah, who dat? Uh, so, just jump right into her life. Uh, she was born December 28th, 1949 in Baroda, uh, which is in India. And she moved to America when she was 18 to go to college at Mont St. Clair College in New Jersey. And I feel bad for her that her, you know, introduction to America was New Jersey. Oh, we are (laughs) we're determined to just like slap down every state in the union. In every television show I've ever watched that takes place in New York, they hate New Jersey so passionately that I feel like it's okay for me to say that. Are you from New York? Are you a New Yorker? <laughs> Please write us and tell us how much you hate New Jersey. Oh, uh, tell us about your Jersey hate. So she married an American dude while she was here for school. Um, and then they moved back to India in 1972 to uh, study spiritual things. That's It's very vague what they were doing. Um, what, like for a... For a- what, what, what? Not for school, for like their personal okay. journey in life. <laughs> okay. I thought it was like a school major. Nope. They just like the, wanted major. to know about the, you know, spiritual practices in the world generally after they graduated. 
a doctorate in spiritual stuff. Right. <laughs> That's exactly what it says. Doctorate in spiritual stuff and things. You mean theology? No, no, no spiritual, spiritual stuff. stuff. <laughs> it's more of it's, it's, it's more of a general degree. It's more loosey goosey at this uh, <laughs> art school I went to, where you know, it's an art school we were, theology degree. We were graded in hugs and <laughs> how great we felt that day. Um, how we felt. Anyway, uh, so they became disciples, that's the word they use, disciples, um, of an Indian guru named Rajneesh, uh, and Sheila took the name Ma Anand Sheila. Um, I looked up what that meant, I think, but I don't remember what it was. Um, Good job. But, you know, that's the first thing you do when you're in a cult is they rename you to separate you from your past life, so... Here we go into cult land. <laughs> Here we go. Um, so her husband died, which I'm like, how old was your husband and how did he die? It doesn't tell me at all. Um, but Forget him. He's not important. Whatever. He died. So she's a widow now, a very young widow. And she married a fellow Rajneesh follower named John Shelfer. Uh, so she became hmm. Sheila Shelfer, but actually was Ma Anand Sheila because that's what uh, Rajneesh told her to be so there you go so there you go um she says she she quickly became his number two uh but says that she only did his bidding um and that she had no interest in spiritual enlightenment she was in love with the guru she was in love with rajneesh uh, she's a terrible spiritualist. Yeah, she just fell in love with the first, you know, spirit sex guru she found. And then uh, <laughs> he's, good. he's a sex guru. Yeah. So we're not going to talk oh, much about awful. the actual uh, Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. But if you want to know more about it, there's an episode of uh, My Favorite Murder where they talk quite a bit about it. Or you could, you know, look it up. But I'm focused on Sheila because she's what's fun to me. You actually, you like sent me a video of her yes. in, in in an interview and I felt uh-huh. a little bit <laughs> conflicted because I had also listened to the My Favorite Murder episode. I'm like, right. oh, it's mur- murder. Um, right. But then I watched the interview and I'm like, she's awesome. I love her. Right. In no way she's am such I going to bad- condone <laughs> any bad things that she's done, um, but she's right. like really cool as a person. And I wouldn't She's mind having her on my team, generally. Like, if she just wanted to fight my battles for me, it would be wonderful. <laughs> right. The, the interviewer's kind of getting in her face and being like, well, this and this. She's like, oh, hell no. Get out of my face. You sit down. I'm going to tell you what's what. Right. I have some like, direct quotes so... from her multiple times throughout She's... here that I just love. Um, and I'll post that video when I post this episode. We'll post it on Facebook. Uh, yes. But anyway, so she's in love with uh, Bhagwan, right? Um, and she says, my own personal conflict with Bhagwan was a bigger issue. My love for Bhagwan had priority over all problems. So she's like infatuated hardcore with this right. dude. Um, but she's also like real ambitious and intelligent. Uh, so she's like, at this, like simultaneously a great number two to have and a terrible number two to have because she's basically just going to take control. Um, and the only real debate throughout this is not whether she did any of these things. She definitely did all of these terrible things, but uh-huh. it's how much she was being controlled by Rajneesh and how much she was personally responsible for those things. Uh, okay. Interesting. So you should take her stuff about being in love with him with a grain of salt because that easily might just be her defense. Um, her, sure. For right. not technically it being her fault. Right. Anyway. So in 1981, they have, like, a pretty thriving spiritual, like, cleansing business happening in the 80s in India, right? Lots of people Mm -hmm. from America are flying over to India to get this, like, spiritual rejuvenization, to be more, you know, open about sex and um, just generally, like, how they think about the world. It's the 80s. It's all the craze. Right. And that's when, like, the big yoga craze starts. Um, and that continues to this day. So, yeah, that's the this is the early onset, but people are, like, so into it. I feel like it's, like, the similar to, like, Soul Cycle right now. All those people are, like, yes. it's, like it's a spiritual right. thing for people who go to Soul Cycle, which is so <laughs> bizarre. Um, uh-huh. It makes me mildly scared of ever doing it. But <laughs> this is, like, basically the same thing. They go here, and this, like, very smart old Indian dude is going to tell them how to live their life properly. And they are so into it, these rich people, rich white people. Yeah. Right. You got to gotta 
give up all your money, etc. But right. enlightenment, probably. <laughs> yeah. So in 1981, Sheila becomes Rajneesh's personal assistant and convinces him that they should move from India to establish an ashram in the United States. Basically, she thinks they're going to make a lot more money. Um, and I, I think she, you know, gained at least some sort of appreciation and fondness for America having gone to school here. So she's like, uh-huh. no, it's way better over there. Let's go over there and we can still make all this money and like not live in India, maybe. I don't know. Right. The money's just there. You just pick it up off the ground. Right. And like if we're having all these people have to fly to us, how much more are we going to make if we're just there and they can right. just be in the same country? It's like so the much entry cost is so much lower if right. they just walk over. Exactly. To us. So it doesn't have to be like insanely rich people. It can just be like decently rich people. Mm-hmm. Um, but so in July of 1981, uh, she purchased a 64,000 acre uh, ranch called the Big Muddy Ranch in Wasco <laughs> County, Oregon, uh, which becomes the site. I'm quoting uh, things right now. Uh, becomes the site for the development of the Rajneesh Param Commune. Or commune. Just let me say that completely wrong. Uh, she became president of the Rajneesh Foundation International, managed the commune, and met daily with Rajneesh to discuss business matters. Uh, according to Sheila, Rajneesh was complicit in and directed her involvement in criminal acts she later committed. So she's hardcore so, saying he's in charge. She's just doing his bidding. Yep. Definitely not my fault. It (laughs) was him. of course not. And so one thing about cults, um, you know, they're obviously terrible, bad things. Um, But if you're going to be in a cult, you definitely want to be number two because of this exact reason. You basically get to be in charge, but nobody's going to point the fingers at you necessarily because you're not technically in charge. I'm taking notes. Keep going. (laughs) You're doing someone's bidding and you can say that you were under the thrall, just like all of these other people clearly were about this personality. (laughs) Um, But you can be doing a lot in the background. Um, So it's... You can get away with stuff. You can, but... In the background. Sheila doesn't so much get away with stuff. People understood that she was basically in charge. Partly because uh, at this point, like, they come to America, and they have this huge farm, and they say they're going to, like, renovate it and make it beautiful because it's kind of, like, fallen loam, you know, and out of use. Uh, And they do do that. So, like, the uh, Oregonians at that point are glad to have them. But then they at first they say they're going to have like 70 people and then they say they're going to have like 200 people and then no, they say no, they're going to have like just, just a couple more people. right just and, a couple more and that becomes a problem with their like zoning and stuff right we have very strict zoning laws in America about what things are for um like what land is used for and this was supposed to be like commercial land and not um living quarters basically Alexis. Mm-hmm. Alexis. What? I have an embarrassing question. What? <laughs> what does zoning mean? <laughs> like, um, you know, for like city planning, what you're allowed to use the land for. What is like, what does zoning mean? That's just what it's called. They have a zoning board that says like this zone, this land is allowed to be used in this way. They called it zoning? Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Zoning. Zoning. Yeah. Now it just sounds weird. (laughs) I mean, if you say anything enough times, it's going to sound weird. (laughs) Zoning. It is a bit of a weird word. But yeah, it's basically just this is what this land is allowed to be allocated for. So this this specific land was for uh, commercial use, right? That they were supposed to use it as a ranch to like grow things and sell them. Um, I mean, did did she like tell them that or did they just assume no when they bought it they knew that but they thus thought they could get away with it basically okay so then it's but they weren't allowed they weren't given permission to build their own city which is what they end up doing like they build a mall and all of this crazy crap there and they have so many people who just like give up all of their possessions to go live there because uh, they, they did end up farming a little bit at least right yes they did they did but have farms. they just went too far yeah but they, they went too far they had malls and stuff and that wasn't appropriate for their ranch they had they had malls and tours <laughs> yeah and, yeah. and rolls royces out the wazoo <laughs> yeah the guy had like the the a record like of rolls royces or something it was a humongous something. number of the most expensive car 
Um, like, dude. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, not about him. Point is, Sheila is like, let's do this thing. And then people are like, nah, bro. And then instead of, you know, um, admitting defeat, uh, she's like, well, who is deciding this? There's a zoning board. So we just have to get on the zoning board and then we can do whatever the hell we want. She doubled down. She circled the wagons oh, yeah. and doubled down. So she's like, what, what's, the, what's the thing about this? We need to be in charge of politics. That's what it is. So basically mm-hmm. they do become, like, they get elected to their local government because there's not a lot of people. Um, and they start kind of just doing whatever they want. But then, the, you know, America doesn't work on very small governments. It works on multiple levels. So the county government then has a problem with these people. Um, and that's where all of the fun poisoning comes in. Um, so the part I've been waiting for. Yes. Oh, I want to say, uh, Sheila is described. <laughs> I have this kind of randomly in here. One reporter described her to have an acid tongue. Um, and she referred to local government officials in, on United States television as bigoted pigs and fascists. <laughs> so that's fun. Sheila. Sheila. So basically uh. what happens is um, the county government is like, no, you can't do this. Like we gave you this land for a specific purpose and you're not using it for that reason. And so we forbid you to build any more of these buildings or do any more of these things. She's like, you're fascist pigs. Right. <laughs> like, you have an acid tongue. She's like, come at me. I don't I'm going to poison she said you. That at the time, but like, that's how she's described. <laughs> she's a very intense woman. And so basically, it's, it's unclear who came up with this plan. Um, but the first, the first step of the plan was, um, and this actually, uh, during the My Favorite Murder episode, answered a question for me that I have had for quite a bit of time since I learned this one fact, that Portland has the highest rate of homelessness per capita in the whole country. And I always thought that was, like, related to their weird hippie culture or something. Um, you know? Sure, right. Because they're kind of like, just like, whatever, man, go with the flow. And like, cool like it's because people. they allow it somehow. Right. And like, they just don't care that much about it. I don't know. Um, but actually, the reason is the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. Um, because what they did, they, they started a share a home program, I believe is what it was called. And in order to uh, get the votes they wanted for them to be in power, they imported a whole bunch of homeless people from all across the country to their county um, Mm -hmm. to put, to give them a place to live, put them, you know, give them some work to do and food and get them to vote for them. And then when the scheme didn't work out, they just set them loose. Yes, basically. Um, Because so (laughs) terrible. (laughs) Yes. Because um, it says, they aborted that plan. I don't know if I put it on here. Someone in the local government stepped in and cited some, you know, long, dusty, back-in-the-corner um, statute they have that says you have to have been a resident of the state for so long right. before you can vote in right. their elections, um, which normally they would have no problem with because so few people vote in local elections that usually they don't care at all. Um, but, but when you're bussing in people to <laughs> <yeah>. specifically do that. <laughs> They're not, like, super cool about it. So mm-hmm. they they abandon that plan and then come up with their new plan, um, which is known in, you know, news as the 1984 uh, Rajneeshi bioterror attack. So just, the, the, mur- the murder plan. <laughs> let that settle in for a minute. Um, <laughs> the, the murder plan. And so on Wikipedia, it describes it as the food poisoning of 751 individuals in the Dow's organ uh, through the deliberate contamination of salad bars at 10 local restaurants with salmonella. I mean, as far as bioterrorism goes, that seems actually fairly mild. Yeah, but that's going to leave a lot of people very uncomfortable and could have killed people. It did not, actually, it kill did not. anyone, but it could have easily um, yes. if, it had been, if it had been concentrated enough. Um, it says the incident was the first and single largest bioterrorist attack in United States history. Um, so that's kind of a big deal. 
There you go. Another reason to hate salads. <laughs> yep. Just you can't do it because it could have salmonella on it from the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh. Could have been uh, spiked by a cult. Yeah. And the attack is one of only two confirmed terrorist uses of biological weapons to harm humans since 1945. The other being the 2001 anthrax attacks across the USA. Right. Like I'm thinking about anthrax. It's like salmonella right. isn't like it could be worse. It could be worse. That's true. But like, but I guess when you're very, when you're just like a yeah, very dramatic and a problem, obviously for their hospitals. These are not the Dells. Is I've been there and it's not a big place. Oh, it's kind of like small, or not not urban, rural. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's like it's on the cusp of like becoming urban, but it's not really. Um, and that's currently. So back then, probably not at all. Uh. So did they did they know this was the Rajneesh when it happened, or did it take them a while? So to they out? didn't at first. Um, they actually first blamed the people who worked at those restaurants. Um, they thought that like the the people there weren't taking proper care of the food and of their personal hygiene, and so that they had contaminated it. Which I was like, really? And that many people got sick in ten different locations on the same day? Uh, right, that all at the same time? like madness. <laughs> How like, is that possible? I mean, I, I think you would have guessed like a bad salad shipment, or like a bad right. lettuce Right, but shipment. I think what they were saying was those people didn't clean the lettuce properly, so like that was the problem. Um, yeah, sure. But this doesn't make sense. Anyway, but 751 people contract um, salmonellosis. Uh, Elusis. And 45 of whom are hospitalized, but there were no fatalities. So multiple people had to go to the hospital because it was so bad. Um, yeah, which is rough. And I don't know if you ever had, like, just general stomach problems, but it's not fun ever. It's uh, not pleasant. No. Um... So, there were two main planners of the attack, is what it says. Sheila Silverman, who is Sheila Patel, who is Ma Anand Sheila. Anybody named Sheila in the story is one person. Um, it's all, it's, it's all, all our Sheila. Good old Sheila. Um, she was the Rajneesh's chief lieutenant, and Diane Yvonne Anand, who is known as Ma Anand Puja. Um, who was a nurse practitioner and secretary treasurer of the Rajneesh Medical Corporation. Why do they need a medical corporation? <laughs> oh, well. So basically she's in charge of the Rajneesh Poison Corporation, actually. Yeah, she's their bioterrorist lieutenant. Yeah. So basically it was Sheila's plan, and Diane is the one who told her how to do it, because she doesn't know anything about that specifically. Can't spell Diane without die. Oh. Oh, except I there's said no e it. on there, so it's confusing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I guess they purchased salmonella um, from a medical supply company in Seattle, Washington, and I was like, no, that's good. Um, I don't know why. I don't know how you purchase that. Like, <laughs> hey, we just we just need like a little bit, just enough for like ten salad bars, twenty <laughs> maybe. Yeah. I'd like Can to order like, 10 salad bars worth of salmonella, please. Thanks, Does Seattle. it come in sprinkleable? We'd like it to be right. sprinkleable. Um, you know, like, like just like salt. We just want to put some salt on it. Do you have salmonella salt? <laughs> I, but I guess they ordered these samples, or like the bacteria, and then they cultured it in labs on the commune. Um, wow. So, yeah, they had science happening. They were, this is an intense plan. Um, wow, you really got to watch those cults that are advanced enough to have their own like mi microbiology labs. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> why were the crap. cops here? Like just Holy checking them out all the time. Apparently, they used to give tours to uh, policemen too. Like, oh look, everything's nice and fun and peaceful and good, and then poison. Nothing wrong here. Don't look at our labs. It says they contaminated the salad bars as a quote trial run. This was their trial run. Seven hundred fifty-one people. Um, oh, the group no. also tried to introduce pathogens into the Dow's water system. Oh, no. Like, That's like some Bond-level <laughs> crap. I know. And remember, it's this like is all... Batman This villain. is mostly Sheila's doing. I won't say all, because once again, I don't think she knew about how to poison... Like, w what to use and where to get it, but... Sheila has the instincts <laughs> of a Batman villain. She sure does. And that's why She's I like, love what if her. we... 
what if we poisoned the water supply? Sheila. Right. <laughs> no. And they actually um, poisoned specific people, too. Two visiting Wasco County commissioners were poisoned with glasses of water containing salmonella um, during a visit to the Rajneeshpuram. Wow. So they came to visit, and they just poisoned their water glasses. Here, do you need some water? Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? Yeah, we'll get that you for like you, some... no problem. It'll just take, um, like, five minutes, because we got to get it clean from the well. From our well. In our medical lab. Our special lab <laughs> well. Yes, it's very clean. It's our clean lab well. <laughs> But after that, it says that her team spread salmonella on produce at the grocery store, on doorknobs, urinal handles in the county courthouse. (laughs) But this did not produce the desired effect. I'm like, yeah, you have to ingest it. So unless you're like rubbing all over that urinal handle and then licking your hand real good, I don't think it's going to do much. I really like the idea of doing it on the urinal handle, yeah. too, because because that's the one place you're supposed to wash your hands afterwards. Right. And yet, so if you catch it after that, yeah. then it's like, you know who didn't wash their hands. It's your own fault. You should you, have You did this to idiot. yourself. You did this to yourself. <laughs> uh, for people who don't know, symptoms of uh, uh, salmonella poisoning include diarrhea, fever, chills, nausea, vomiting, headaches, abdominal pain, uh, pain, and bloody stool. Hey, listeners, do you think you might have been poisoned (laughs) by by a cult? (laughs) Call 911, help me please. That's 911, help me please. 911, how may I take your order? Um, and the victims ranged, this is, this is sad. Um, obviously no one died, so that's good. But the victims ranged from an infant born two days after his mother's infection and initially given a 5% chance of survival. Clearly he survived, so that's good. Yeah, good job, doctors. But wow. Um, to an 87-year-old man. So also also very impressive that no one died because right. that's that's like the the two people that should have died. These are the, the at the extreme ends of age are the very big problems as far as health goes and safety. So yeah, it's impressive. Um, so obviously this plan didn't work, um, and it turned out that only two hundred and thirty nine of the commune's seven thousand residents voted um, because most of them were not U.S. citizens and could not vote. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Which is why they no. had to import the homeless people. <laughs> right. But that didn't work. Oh, dear. Um, there was a quote from someone in one of the articles I read about it that said, um, one resident said, people were so horrified and scared. People would, wouldn't go out. They wouldn't go out alone. They were becoming prisoners. Um, like, obviously the poisoning didn't lead to any deaths, but, like, that's such a huge thing to happen, and especially as the first bioterror attack in the country's history. Mm-hmm. That, like, I mean, you know, if you're not counting, like, smallpox blankets and stuff. Um, right. Proper <laughs> I, U.S. That was not America included. history. <laughs> right. Not the beforehand. Um, right. We don't include that. No. In you know, history. since, like, 17. <laughs> we don't um, include it when, it when it includes Native Americans. Right. That's not the same thing. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Um, so, uh there, so there was, there's, you know, the big debate is, was this uh, the Rajneesh's plan or Sheila's plan alone? Um, she obviously says that Rajneesh told her to do it, um, but it's hard to say because at this point in time, the Rajneesh was um, mute and, like, selectively mute, like, person, you know, he chose to do so and to not speak as part of his, like, I don't know, <laughs> spiritual power or something. But because uh-huh. of that, Sheila... Everything is going through Sheila. Sheila's the mouthpiece. Um, sure. Which, you right. know, then it gets murky about who is saying what. Right. So, yeah. Uh, uh, Sheila claims that she talked with Rajneesh about the plan to decrease voter turnout in the Dows by making people sick. Sheila said that uh, he commented it was best not to hurt people, but if a few died, not to worry about it. I mean, that doesn't sound good either way, if it's her idea or not. Yeah. Um, and then according... I mean, what's a couple lives? Uh, Who cares? You know, it's for the greater good, for our commune and our Rolls Royces. Yeah. I want more cars. It's, People and, have to die. Yeah. It's like, so be it. <laughs> 
Uh, anyway, according to someone named KD's testimony, I don't know who that is. I think he was a police officer. Um, she apparently played people who doubted her tapes of the Rajneesh's muffled voice saying, if it was necessary to do things to preserve the vision, then do it. The vision. Yeah. Oh, please. Meaning his vision, oh, of course. Please. Oh, no. Oh, it's disgusting. I hate it. For the other side, Rajneesh insisted that Sheila, who he said was his only source of information during his period of isolation, uh, used her position to impose a fascist state on the commune. He acknowledged that the key to her actions was his silence. Oh. So basically he's like, yes, this is my fault because I didn't speak up like I should have. Oh, if only I'd done more. Right. Oh, tragedy. This, I could have oh, prevented this yeah. if I just had used my voice like normal people. <laughs> and I'm like, sure you could. Um, so obviously the, the Rajneesh doesn't get away scot-free either. Um, he receives a 10-year suspended sentence and a fine of 400000 U.S. dollars. Um, and he was deported and barred from reentering the United States for a period of five years. Uh, he was never prosecuted for cr- crimes related to the salmonella poisoning, though. This was all about... Um, like illegal immigrants and like that kind of stuff, not actually about the poisoning. Sure. Um, I have a quote from here about uh, Sheila or from Sheila uh, from a newspaper where apparently she uh, fled is what they say, um, but she, she disagrees that she did not flee. And there's also a claim that she stole a lot of money that she says she did not. So um, the, the, title, <laughs> the start of this says, on the charge that she had misappropriated millions of dollars from the organization's funds, she says, I had nothing to do with the missing money. In any case, the new financial advisor of the Rajneesh Commune has now retracted these accusations and has stated that the money or no money was missing. I have stolen nothing, and if $55 million was indeed missing, it must have been blown on a fleet of Rolls Royces, planes, watches, and expensive jewelry bought for the Bhagwan. Oh, my God. So just sassy as hell. (laughs) I love her, though. I hate how much I love her. (laughs) I know, right? Um, So what happens is, on July 22nd, 1986, so... They, these women know that there's a case building against them about the salmonella poisoning, obviously. Um, and they both enter uh, Alfred, please, um, about the salmonella poisoning. Uh, what is that? So I've heard of this, but I had to look it up specifically. Sorry, did you say Alfred or no, Alfred? Alford. It's the guy's last name. Okay. Um, so there was a case in the United States of this guy who got um, – he took a plea deal – uh, he was being charged with first-degree murder, and at the time in that state, the basically the only sentence, because um, it was a while ago, was um, to be executed uh, for, like, first-degree planned murder. So he took a plea bargain to get down to second-degree murder so that he would just be in jail for life instead of being killed. But that was obviously with his, you know, pleading guilty. Um, sure. Yeah. But then he went to appeals court and contested this because he said the only reason he appealed was because he knew that there was enough evidence that people were going to convict him and then he'd die. So, like, he had to do this or he was going to die and that was it. Um, but that he didn't do it and he only pled guilty because of this and he felt pressured to do that. Um, and so it went through, you know, like the general system of courts, um, before getting to the Supreme Court where they created this plea, which is an Alfred plea, which is weird because basically it means, um, I am retaining my innocence, but I understand that the state has enough evidence to charge me with guilty and to prove me guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. Interesting. But I'm not pleading guilty. I'm just saying that I'll take a plea um, because I know that it could be worse. But you retain your plea of innocence. Um, okay. And <laughs> it's okay. very complicated. And um, 
it, it's really like in the article I read about it, it specifically said that courts discourage lawyers from using this as an argument because Obviously, it should only yeah. be used in like very specific circumstances. Like this is kind right. of a Hail Mary situation for very specific times and not just like, well, they're they're not guilty, but <laughs> whatever. Whatever. So both of them enter Alfred pleas, which basically means like, yeah, I understand there's a lot of evidence against us, um, but I retain my innocence in what happened. Like, yeah, this sure. wasn't my plan, and it's not my fault, basically. Um, and then, uh, so they do that on July 22nd. Um, and you know how the court system here is. It's not real fast. Um, no, it takes its time. <laughs> on September 13th, 1985, Sheila <laughs> left the ashram and went to Europe, just, you know, well, for vacation. W- was she on bail? Was she not arrested? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't say. She's um, just like, bye. I, bye. I'm out. Later, I'm gone. Just goes to Europe. Um, <laughs> and after a few days, uh, I guess the Rajneesh accused her of arson, wiretapping, attempted murder, and mass poisonings. <laughs> Um, Sheila. He also asserted that Sheila had written the book of Rajneeshism and published it under his name. Uh, Subsequently, Sheila's robes and 5,000 copies of that book were burned in a bonfire at the ashram. Whoa. So they're cutting ties with Sheila real strong. They're like, nope. Sheila was bad news and we don't like her. No to Sheila. Um, after the U.S. authorities found wiretapping networks and bioterror lab in Sheila's organ house, (laughs) she was arrested in West Germany in October 1986. So it took them a year, a year to arrest her in Germany. They probably had to find her. Um, (laughs) but there you go. Oh boy. Yeah. Sheila, you done it. So. You done it. And, you know, they've already entered their Alfred pleas, so we know what's up. Um, And she received (laughs) 20 years. Both of them, I think, received 20 years for attempted murder of Rajneesh's. She she specifically for Rajneesh's physician. So I guess she attempted to murder his doctor. Um, 20 years. So that's the first sentence. 20 years for first degree assault in the poisoning of Judge Hulse is the second one. 10 years for second-degree assault in the poisoning of Commissioner Matthews. Those were the two people she poisoned, <gasps> specifically. She's completely a Batman villain. She tried to kill a commissioner. Yeah, and a judge. <laughs> and a judge! <laughs> and four and a half years for her role in the salmonella poisoning, four and a half years for the wiretapping conspiracy, and five years for, uh, five years probation for immigration fraud. <laughs> Sheila. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Both Sheila and Pooja were released on parole for good behavior. Well, yeah. They were they were serving. Oh, also, I want you to know this, how, like, cushy this is. So Sheila poisoned, you know, 751 people. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> but she was sent to, just the name, Pleasanton, California. No. Prison. <laughs> no. Which is for nonviolent white-collar criminals. Oh, of course it is. So instead of sending her to, you know, the place where murderers are, like, you know, San Quentin or something. um, But she didn't murder anyone. No, but, you know, she tried real hard. Really hard. And I feel like 751 attempted murder counts. (laughs) It was just a trial run. It was just a trial run. Right. But, like, that should (laughs) maybe you shouldn't be in the place for people who, you know, have tax evasion problems. I, I suppose, but on the other hand, once you own a certain number of Rolls Royces, it, all deals are off. All bets are well, off. Those weren't hers. Those were Bogwans, but sure. That, yeah, that's true. Um, but anyway, so they're both released for good behavior, of course. Um, oh, they were serving all of these sentences um, concurrently, not consecutively. Uh, that shouldn't be a thing. So uh, I guess just to make the words clear, consecutively means one after another and concurrently means at the same time. So really, she's really only going to be in jail maximum 20 years. That shouldn't be a thing. Why bother? Just, Why bother? <laughs> just wait for this, dude. It's the most. No. This is what's <laughs> going to get you right here. Uh, they were released on parole early for good behavior after serving 29 months of their sentence. What? What? 29 what? months. Which Who did is, she poison know, in jail? Who did she threaten? <laughs> two and a half years of 20 years. Oh, my God. I don't know. 
So, um, so she she published that book. You you told me she published yeah. a book. When did she pu- when did she publish that? I didn't was it get before? a chance to read it. Um, I'd have to look. I don't know. Was it after jail? I'm pretty sure it's after. Yeah. Um, and apparently she was also involved. I don't know if it was while she was in jail or like before or right after in what somebody said a controversial documentary. Like someone wanted to make a documentary about the situation, and she was going to be like the main character. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> which I don't think actually ever happened, but uh, sounds dope. <laughs> um, I'd, I'd watch it. Oh, I 100% would watch it. I would watch her all I, day. She's amazing. I'd watch anything with her in it. She's so watchable. She is. She's fantastically, ex- like, just exciting. And I understand completely why if she told you to poison, you know, all these places that you just do it. Right. Like, like, yes, yep. ma'am. You got yeah. it. She's very commanding presence. Um, so she gets released from prison early, um, her very nice, pleasant in prison. Um, and, uh, her green card gets revoked. Go figure. Um, and then she moves to Switzerland. There you go. Uh, she remarried there and went on to run two nursing homes in Switzerland. So. Ooh, I, hmm. Yeah, well. Maybe not the, the best person to run them. I don't know. Old people are pretty easy to take advantage of. Um, also, in 1999, she was convicted by the Swiss court for criminal acts per- preparatory to the commission of murder. What does that mean? I don't know. Planning. Conspiring <sighs> Planning. to murder. Um, but did not serve any prison time. Hey, did you plan to murder these people? Sure did. Mm, no? Well, okay. <laughs> well, no, because it, well, it says she didn't serve any prison time. I think that means she was, because it says she was convicted. Oh, she was convicted. Yeah, they just didn't put her in prison because it's Switzerland, I guess. So they're like, oh, well, you didn't actually murder anyone, I guess, so it's okay. Well, I guess you didn't actually do it, so whatever. It's fine. Uh, Apparently she also was, like, really mad just generally about, about everything, but specifically about how she felt their people were being treated um which was funny because i read a an article that was talking about it and she said like why didn't they do anything about that muslim who like bombed our place or whatever and i was like what um who didn't serve any jail time and my favorite thing in that article was the next sentence was like she was wrong um and then it like (laughs) gives you the actual facts about it and what happened was it says a radical muslim was arrested after a bomb went off in his room at a hotel he skipped out on a twenty thousand dollar bail but was caught returned to oregon and convicted as the commune was collapsing he served five years in prison longer than any sentence handed out to the rajneeshis convicted of more serious crimes says the article (laughs) Oh, dear. The way that's written is so funny. <laughs> so, um, so take that. So take that. Right. Okay. Um, was, was he even intending to go after the commune, or is he just yes. like... He, the, oh, when it says okay. his hotel room, I'm almost positive it was on the commune. Oh, okay. So, yes, he was. Uh, I'm pretty sure. But she's. But basically, she said that he didn't serve any jail time, which wasn't true. Um, he served a lot. He served more than you, wait, definitely. Yeah, twice as much as you. And he didn't even try to really kill anyone. He, well, I mean, he maybe he was trying, but he failed um, epically because it went off in his hotel room. <laughs> uh, hopefully, he wasn't in it. <laughs> it's like um, if you put salmonella in your salad, Sheila. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oops. Um, so the I'm pretty much done. Um, I just have a few quotes here from her, and then a few quotes about uh, Bhagwan, and um, some quotes about her appearance from articles because wow that's a thing of course of course yeah um so the two quotes that are my favorites are from the video i showed you and i'll post on facebook um but basically this reporter is basically telling her that you know that her people did terrible things and her thing is her commune's bad and everything and like kind of asking her if she still even believes in the principles and stuff, which is funny because in her book she says she never believes in them. But on <laughs> right. camera She's she like, definitely you kidding? seems is, like she does. This is just to make money. Are you kidding? Are you and an because idiot? I'm in love with that guy. Yeah. Sure. But um on camera she a hundred percent is all in for this everything. Um and he tells her he kind of catches her in uh he he, he kind of puts her in a corner verbally and then she uh 
you can tell that she's getting mad. Like you can see on her face, she's getting angry. And he says that she, she tries to explain something and he says that she's running for cover. Um, and I'm obviously not going to do the accent super racist, but it's beautiful right. with her accent. Um, but she says, no, I'm not running for cover, mister. I don't run for cover. And a person like you make me run for cover. Ah, that's a joke. That's a <laughs> joke. She's uh, so fierce. She says to this reporter on TV. She's like, you make me run for cover? That's a joke. You? Oh, that's you? laughable. <laughs> you make me run for cover? You make me run for cover? Hilarious. You're a joke. So funny. Oh, but basically what he was saying was there were people in the commune who had worked as prostitutes before. And so he was saying that they were using them as prostitutes currently to make money. Which she vehemently denies, and I thought was like the weirdest um, qualm to have with them. I don't know. I think this is before the poisonings, but still, it's a it, bit she, bizarre. She just er, she just erupts on him. Oh, it's amazing. She's so mad, and like the idea of it, you know, it, it's clear. I think it's clear to her, like, or from the way that she reacts. Either she's an extremely good actress or she is very against prostitution personally. And whether or not it's happening, she's mad about it, even right. being a question. Um, and so she's, she starts saying things like uh, that he obviously visits prostitutes. It's so funny. <laughs> that he visits prostitutes clearly or why would he know all these things and whatever. Maybe he's a pimp, I think is what she says, <laughs> which is so funny with her accent hearing her say pimp. Um and she, at the end, you know, they, like, kind of have a, like, little laugh together, which is extremely uncomfortable and odd. Um, but he says, good luck with your prostitution stuff, basically. Oh, of, no. Basically. Yeah. And then she says, good luck to you and your pimps. <laughs> <laughs> I love and it. it was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Oh, there's something about her that it reminds me of... Like when a like when a grandmother gets really feisty oh, with yeah. you, oh yeah, and it makes her very and you're afraid like that she might hit you because like they used to do that, right? She used to get smacked when she was younger, so that she might just do it to you. And then you you like you say the one thing, she's like, "Oh no, no, right, no, now it's too far. Now we're in an argument." Yep, and she's rolling up her sleeves and taking off her rings. <laughs> it's like, oh no, I made her mad. <laughs> I made grandma mad. I'm yeah. sorry. Okay, so Sheila currently is still alive um, in Switzerland. Um, and there was an article about somebody going to visit her. I think they were from the Oregon Tribune or something, right? They did like a 22 article series about this recently. Like up, like like history and then like updates and stuff. So that's interesting. I read a couple of them. They were pretty good. Um but it's crazy to me how much we focus on women's appearance, even when they poisoned so many people. Um, because in some of the articles I read, it said like that she used to like that she was very beautiful, and I don't disagree. But it's weird that that's what you're paying attention to, and not the fact that she's like in this weird cult that she's kind of in charge of, right? That's like giving um, extreme legal and you know then health issues. Like, does anyone really care what? Bogwan looks like no what he's wearing what he's what he's wearing right um i also i read one and i i'm almost positive it used the phrase that she let herself go uh, like later right. in life which is hilarious because i've never heard that said about a man in my life right i've never right. heard them say she let uh, he let himself go even if he becomes a huge you know 500 pound man and he used to look like adonis you know um and we, we can that. all immediately think of examples of men who have let themselves go. Right. Of course. Immediately. But you would never say that that way. You would never say that. No. Uh, here's a quote from one of them. It says, now 62. So she's 62. I don't think she's super concerned about her appearance anymore. Um, generally, you know. Uh-huh. Um, it says, now 62, Sheila appears almost dowdy, dressed in sandals, an unadorned sweatshirt, and classic slacks. An unadorned sweatshirt. Like, what? it doesn't even have a picture on it or any bedazzling. There, it doesn't have, like, a brooch or brooch? No. She's There's not no even bedazz- trying. She's, an unadorned which, sweater. Again, what is let that? Let me read this to you, what she's wearing. It doesn't sound terrible to me at all. She's wearing a sweatshirt, casual slacks, not fancy slacks, go figure, and sandals. 
Like she's, she's 62 dead. and runs an old folks home. What is she supposed to be wearing? A suit? You know. Like Gu- Gucci? A form-fitting dress? I don't understand. Sequins? A ba- yeah, uh, yeah back- a backless dress. Right. Her hair, I, her hair up. I saw some interviews of her, like, from recently, um, and she looks fine to me. Like, she just looks like a normal old woman. She's got glasses. She's still really cute. So I was just like, okay. And once again, like, even though she is still pretty cute, like, that doesn't matter, or it shouldn't matter. Um but anyway, her graying hair frames a face plumped by age. Just what? And then plumped gold-rimmed glasses perch on her nose. She wears no makeup, no jewelry. And I'm like, who's she dressing up for? The old people? Flirting with them old people? Yeah. While well, she lives there with her husband. Um, right. What? <laughs> anyway, um, for a more, like, specific view of what she does it says she and her staff tend to 22 mentally disabled swiss ranging from middle age to seniors um this is their description of where she works uh the place is spotless fresh smelling she cares for another 12 patients in a modified bank building in a nearby village Hmm. so she's which i love when it says that it's spotless and fresh smelling and it specifically said in the article that she's a taskmaster and i was like well duh um, <laughs> yeah like, is there anything about her history that makes you think she wouldn't be of course um, she is before they even started the interview they walked in you know like she she greeted them and then she very specifically pointed out like a spot or something to one of the staff for them to clean immediately <laughs> and they did of Dila. course Oh, Sheila, I'm glad you found a way to put your, your, you know, skills to use that's not your, endangering your skills. lives. Yeah, right. Yeah. Your no, skills. skills. I, I think so. Um, yeah, definitely. Now I'm, your, I'm, <laughs> your leadership skills. So, so obviously, like, I want to say Bogwan, not a cool dude, obviously. Like, no. You don't know how complicit he is in this specifically, but he's just not cool in general. Um, and we shouldn't, you know, be celebrating him. But I want to read one quote uh, or one description of him to you from the Dalai Lama. What? Who said, Osho is an enlightened master who is working with all possibilities to help humanity to overcome a difficult phase in the developing consciousness. Strong is the Dalai... Is the Dalai Lama one of those people that got confused when he changed his name? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because it is Osho here and not Bhagwan. Um, he's called Osho later in life, which confuses me. There's so many yeah. names <laughs> happening. It's very complicated. If, if you ever see like one of those like weird pseudo spiritual intellectual quotes around Facebook, it says Osho at the bottom. Yep. That's his, that's his cult that's leader. That's Bhagwan. That's Bhagwan. Who used to be mute, apparently. By choice. By choice. And possibly, probably was involved in the poisoning of lots of people. You know, who among us has And 74 <laughs> Rolls Royces, so if you feel like he's non-materialistic, you're very wrong. You're wrong. But I want to I end with a quote about um, Sheila's book that just, to me, spells all of the problems with um, just everything oh gosh i can't wait i can't wait the trouble with don't kill him a memoir by ma anand sheila about her (laughs) life with bhagwan rajneesh is that it tells us very little about the man don't kill him so sheila's memoir about her life is bad because it doesn't tell us much about him right like, why would we read your memoir about you? Right. We want to hear about the figure that was over you. The man who was in charge of you is who we'd like to hear about, please. Not but you. We, but we don't care about you. We're not super interested in your life, despite it being a memoir about your life. Yeah. So uh, I'm a little sad because, like, these episodes are going to be a bit late for us to put them up for, like, the Women's Day celebration right. stuff. International Women's Day. Why did we choose to do evil ladies? It's like, because even if they're not, like, perfect women, it's, you should know about all the women. You should still know about, you should still know about all the women. Women's history is important, whether it's positive or negative. 
Um, right. It's it, just because like Nero was terrible doesn't mean you don't learn about him. You're even more excited to learn about him. <laughs> right. Right. Um, you're like nobody's going to be like, well, let's not learn about Adolf Hitler. You know, right? Because that's important. But I don't know why it's not important just because she's a woman. Mm-hmm. Although to be fair, I, I had no idea who he was either. <laughs> right. But clearly, people who but, know yeah. something about it know about him and not specifically about her. True unless you're that. specifically talking about like who got convicted for poisoning the people. <laughs> <laughs> then the answer is Sheila. The answer is Sheila. Most definitely. Uh, the Dalai Lama is saying that he's cool um, when clearly he was involved in all of this is disturbing to me since Sheila is still seen, at least in the things that I read, as a very evil woman and a big problem. Whereas Rajneesh, not so much. Right. She let herself go. He got out of it uh, pretty unscathed. Right. He sat there. He collected a lot of money. America for five years. That's about it. He He changed his name and started. $400,000 fine. Now he's like just saying nonsense words and everyone's cool with it. Right. She isn't wearing makeup anymore. Everyone's like, ugh, well, who cares? (laughs) Right. Um, And once again, I'm not trying to celebrate her, but dang, girl. Dang. Look at you. Balls to the wall. Seriously. You saw a, a position and you filled it to the brim overflowing with just terror, basically. Um, I, uh, I don't, I don't, I mean, what is zoning? I couldn't make a city. <laughs> what is zoning? I feel like Sheila would agree with you. <laughs> what is zoning? About that that what statement. Is She's like, I don't know. <laughs> What is, but what is zoning? They're like, ma'am, you can't just keep saying this rhetorical. She's like, you are a chauvinist and uh, and a capitalist pig, and you are getting in my way of making this utopia. And they're like, ma'am, please don't. It upsets us in our souls because right. you make us think of our mothers. And she's like, I hate all of you. Get out of my yep. way. I'm going to poison every one of you. Poison all of you. Yes. And I'm you all. know. Went with the classic, which is what women do when they murder people, is they usually poison them. So there you go. Salmonella is unusual, though. That is, yeah. Usually I not guess, a I mean, night, she didn't need not. to kill them. She just wanted them not to be able to vote. Yeah, that is an interesting distinction. Or maybe just, like, even just wanted to scare people into not voting. Yeah, true. But I don't really know. Yeah, anyway. I got I got interested in poisoning uh for a little bit or just like the how poison kind of comes and goes uh, in in favor and fashion i suppose right. like in the victorian age arsenic was the big one that's true yeah uh i guess because you could soak fly traps and get arsenic really easily so that's why ah, housewives poisoned every everyone literally so everyone. convenient right there so convenient so arsenic was uh in style for a while in fashion in, in vogue fa- it was in it was the fashion yes um, arsenic yeah i think it was arsenic probably. um yeah cuz i don't think it was like strychnine or something it was probably arsenic right unfortunately um, strychnine's great Right, right. Because if it was it was strychnine, it would be like very painful and very obvious, and it was yeah something that was not obvious, dramatic. <laughs> but it uh, works, huh? But it works. But it works, and it's indetectable in water. So until you until you taste it, then you're like, mm, tastes like the inside of an apple. Like, I guess. Oh, that's bitter. Tastes like uh, that stuff I squirt in my water after a workout. I guess I'll <laughs> keep drinking. Yeah, it's probably just some leftover in the bottle. Whatever. It's probably just a little bit of coconut water. It's super expensive. <laughs> I got it from Solstice. Solstice. I got it for my Soul Cycle class. So my Soul Cycle class. Bring it all the way around. <laughs> all the way. It's dark in here. Where am I? Anyway, um, thank you for joining us. Thank you. So you're, much. You're amazing. You are. You're really great. You're still here. You're still here. Congrats. You made it all the way from the way back. You did it. You did it. Do, 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 do. 
copyright. Um, <laughs> don't sue us. PBS something? I don't know. Don't, I don't have any idea who it is. Um, but thank you for joining us. Uh, and if you want to email us about your feelings about Sheila or any other evil ladies you love or any ladies you love or just, you know, anybody really who you might want us to talk about, our email is hystericalhistorypodcast at gmail.com and we would love to hear from you. Uh, please uh, comment and rate us on iTunes. It's very important. Yes. It's very important to us. It is for our exposure and talk to your friends about us and get them to do it too. Uh, share this if you can. I know that's annoying when people ask you to do that, but if you really liked it, we'd love for uh, to be able to reach out to more people. Yeah, because right now it's kind of just like people we know, which is awesome. But Which is great, <laughs> yeah. yeah, honestly. I mean, besides like the people in Japan and Bosnia and Herzegovina, who I don't obviously know. Yeah, and like that one person in Germany. If you're still here, we love all of you. We do, and you should stick around because I do at least somewhat want to format who we talk about around who's listening. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. if you have topics that you want us to talk about, that'd be cool. Send us that. Yeah, now. anybody cool from your country that I probably haven't heard of would be great. Yeah, like your favorite like historical thing from your country. That'd be cool. Yeah, it would be. Uh, and as always, our... Uh, Sources will be on Facebook. I'll have some videos up there of Sheila and her sassiness, which is the fun part of doing a not-so-old history. <laughs> yeah, definitely watch the video, because she's amazing to watch. She's just a firecracker, as they would say. She's a firecracker. Oh, man. She gives that young man a tongue lashing. <laughs> uh, and you can follow us on Facebook where we'll post our episodes. Otherwise, they're on iTunes, Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, and on our website, hystericalhistory.simplecast.fm. All, all that. What, what she said? All that business. All that. Well, I guess uh, till next time. It's time for us to go. Uh, try this at home. Parting is such sweet sorrow. Uh, I am whoa. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you are whoa. <laughs> whoa, man. I'm whoa. I'm whoa. Anyway, I'm, thanks I'm for whoa. <laughs> nope, I'm not done. Oh gosh. <laughs> thanks uh, for joining us. Bye. And you'll hear us next time. Bye. Bye.